Okay, it's recording now. Okay, hi. Hi, Nikki. So, <laughs> hi, hi everyone. Um, welcome to Milo Ice. It's not XYZ podcast because this uh, today's session is actually the first session of um, 2021. So, Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> and, and, and welcome to this discussion. We are going to talk about a book, um, Wire for Culture by Mark Pagel. And it's a very interesting book. I thought because I come from a background where after reading some, you know, like Sapiens, Origin of Species, and also um, Selfish Genes, especially. So uh, Richard Dawkins has been mentioned in this book for quite a few times. Um, I'm not sure this is, uh, which edition is this? Before that, I, I believe a newer one or earlier one is a black cover. Um, I've been to his lecture. It's quite interesting. And, and, and I think his uh, strength point is definitely on linguistics, you know, I, I think he, he himself also studied in linguists, uh, you know, as a linguist, you know. So today I invite William and also Huat to talk about this book. And I thought today we can expand the knowledge. It's just, it's not limited to, you know, culture, but in fact, culture itself encapsulates a lot of things, you know, apart. It's more of our life. It's not limited, you know, architecture. So hi, welcome, uh, William and Huat. How are you guys doing? All right. How are you? Hi, Gary. So maybe we can start off. You I, know, wish, uh, I, wish I, was, I wish I was in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was in Glasgow. <laughs> yes, I'm in Glasgow. Um, so maybe we can start off because uh, William, you, 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 I mean, it was not be, being recorded, but earlier you did mention about this book. It's a, quite a very general uh, content. I, I, I bet because you just read through one chapter, right? I, because yeah. you, you, you have to, I mean, if you wanted to proceed more detail, of course, you can go through the, the book later on after this discussion. Um, I think chapter four particularly is a very quick introduction for the whole book because I thought uh, it's very relevant and closely linked to, you know, to our profession and also our um, industry in a way, talking about art as an enhancer uh, in expressing ourselves. So maybe the first question I would like to ask Huat is that why do you think this book is good? I, I, I'm sorry that you have to repeat this because you mentioned earlier. And how does that relevant to our, you know, today's society? Okay, first of all, I think uh, there's a bit of lagging, so I will, I will speak slowly. Yes, uh, thanks. The, uh, the, book, the book is, uh, I wouldn't say uh, the book is uh, recommended for for us to read because I think it kind of takes a, a shortcut to uh, Homo Deus and uh, Homo Sapiens and you know rules, rules of life, the you know twenty first century and all the stuff that we talk about, what it means to be more civilized and how do we cooperate in uh, our civilization. And uh, it, I like books which are simple. And I know that William kind of thinks that the book is very superficial or on the surface. Uh, it doesn't go deep, and maybe maybe it's not quite what William meant. But uh, I think uh, what he's saying is that um, uh, Pago is, uh, is touch and go. Maybe in some circumstances he may have appeared that way. And in fact, a lot of reviews uh, in Santa Fe Institute, where he teaches as well, um, a lot of reviews have said that he's a very he he puts things too simply. And I, I like that. I like the fact that you put things simply. Um, because with a lot of philosophy, sometimes you go too deeply into something and then all it is is just a, a lot of words, you know. Mm. But where Mark Pagel comes in uh, uh, strictly on the point about why 
uh, certain cultures die out and certain cultures can be preserved. And it's, um, he uses a very strong and a very expressive uh, statement that says that, you know, it's only through cooperation that you can preserve culture. Mm. And, and what he meant by that is um, with cooperation, you also get competition. And if you remember in the early, in the early part of the book, he started out by uh, telling you that in North America, for example, uh, the North Indians have got something like between 50, I can't remember the numbers, but a huge number of uh, uh, different languages, even in the, in, the, in the span of like, you know, five miles, you can get as many as 10 different uh, dialects or uh, languages spoken between them. And, and, and the reason for that is more not for cooperation. They, they kind of use it as a means to uh, defend their culture or, you know, their mm. boundary. And, and I think our culture today is a little bit like that. Um, and earlier on, you touched on like, why is it that, you know, people are very competitive and you talk about corporations uh, mm. because uh, it's about stealing ideas and it's about uh, keeping your secrets and it's about uh, becoming competitive, you know, mm. meaning you're not really competitive. You're just, uh, you're just competing among yourselves. Actually, it's quite a foolish thing to do. Actually, if you mm. don't share, then uh, my, my, my take on uh, uh, the selfish genes is that uh, you die, you know, and you die actually, basically. Um, mm. We're using devices, actually, we're, we're using devices which are actually uh, the result of uh, cooperation of many millions of people, actually. Um, it's not just two or three guys uh, sitting in a laboratory, you know. Uh, mm. Your devices are actually the result and the outcome of cooperation between many, many cultures, uh, several million people, actually. Right. Um, if we understand that, then, you know, uh, we're talking about language and we're talking about signs, symbols, data, information. We're talking about... Uh, exchange of ideas and um, the selfish gene actually is, uh, is very certain to wipe us out. We become, uh, we go back to uh, monkeys, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. so this is my take on uh, uh, larger corporations actually. Uh, um, yeah. And, and uh, you did mention the why a certain culture, they will survive and then they can sustain for a period of time. They might be, you know, survive longer, you know, I, I believe, you know, that's sort of, I, I don't wish to make it sound very superficial, you know, when I'm talking about natural selections, um, you know, that's been mentioned a lot of time in Darwin's book. But, uh, you know, selfish gene, I, I remember this quote very clearly, and this is very important because he was saying that let us, let us try to teach what, uh, you know, altruism is because we are born selfish doesn't mean that we have to act selfishly, you know, and being cooperative, I thought it's always been a selfish act because you do it because for your own good, you know, because you don't want to, you know, get harm or detrimental in a way. So that's why we cooperate in the sense. And um, uh, Richard Dawkins also come up with another table. It says about uh, cooperation and also defects in a way that if let's say I helped you, how you know, how, how much help can I expect from you kind of thing? Because it's a cost benefit analysis kind of thing. It's like, I help you and then how could you, how could I expect you to help me back? So I'm not sure how, how what do you guys think in this sense of, you know, being selfish and self, selfless. Um, this kind of dualism, how do we keep a balance in a way, if let's say we are helping all others, right? You know, um, how could we sustain ourselves in, 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 in speaking of resources? And one of the chapter in Selfish Genes also mentioned nice guys finish first. This is a very interesting 
uh, thought, right? Saying that if I keep helping anyone else, who's going to help me kind of thing. So William or what, what, what do you guys think? Well, I, I, I can't remember the philosopher who said this, but they say, have you ever seen a, a dog exchange a bone with another dog? So basically what it, what it says is that we, we'd rather be dogs. If we don't want to cooperate, right, we're like dogs. Uh, basically, uh, we worry about our genes, you know, uh, genetic. Uh, the, the idea of uh, self-preservation actually is a very, it's a very uh, kind of Western, if I, I, if I dare quote, uh, it's a very Western idea, you know, self-preservation. Mm. Um, it's, only, it's only more recently that in East, uh, a lot of uh, adulteration of this idea of self-preservation and uh, becoming more competitive uh, has become uh, more prevalent among the younger people now. And uh, of course, corporations will always stay competitive. But if you study, uh, if you go back to Peterson, for example, Jordan Peterson's uh, concept of uh, 21st century uh, survival, um, the best corporations are the ones that cooperate most. The ones mm -hmm. that die out yeah, are the ones that um, are ever so eager to... Uh, um, cover up their secrets and um, that's why I go back to this philosophy uh, uh, dogs will not exchange their bones mm, mm. Um, this transaction that we have in uh, human beings is because we have what we call uh, William was touching on this earlier before the uh, before you recorded this uh, discussion where he said about you know social learning actually we're talking about social learning um, social learning is about uh, you know how we adjust ourselves to suit the environment that we are in mm. and it's it's natural intelligence actually that uh, accommodates that capability to decide the best way in which you can cooperate because um, the idea that if you don't if you cooperate too much uh, you will lose out is a it's a fallacy and it's a it's an idea that is uh, been still in our minds mm. Um, which is why there's a flaw too. This is where Alan Watts comes in. I, I told you earlier that Alan Watts actually uh, helps to sustain Mark Bagel's argument about culture is that civilization sometimes is a bit of a flaw because the one that we are experiencing today, there's a lot of flaws in it. Mm. You know, uh, we, and you think progress, actually we're not really progressing if we don't uh, come to realization that um, cooperation is it's a necessary evil if you say in order mm. to survive yeah okay what do you think uh william i mean how do you see being selfish in selfless or being selfless in selfish because you yourself also wanted to survive right <laughs> so, so i'm coming from uh reading hannah Arendt and uh, her book on the hu human condition and i think that frames my worldview quite often. Um, and in, in that, she was talking about um, the three uh, kind of levels of, of the human condition. And the most basic one is labor and then work. And then the highest one is action. And, and with action, she means political action. And uh, political action being uh, uh, the, the kind of mediation between um, people, um, political as in um, among, to be amongst um, people, whereas labor is, is um, purely self-sustaining mm. um, and that refers to 
um, like getting food on the table and stuff like that. Right. Um, so so, and she she draws this idea from from ancient Greece, um, and the the way they run their society. So the domestic world, which is the oikos, and is also the root of root word for economics, is kept in in the private realm, um, and when they when they are in the the uh, in the in the police, um, it's it's about the public life. It's about political action and stuff like that, lah. Mm. So, obviously, that that only applies to ancient Greece, and it, it takes it takes a lot of other um, quite negative things like slavery and stuff to right. uphold to uphold those kind of um, uh, organization of a society. Um, and whereas with uh, as as modernity comes, um, the idea of of public and private is is completely. Um, different to that uh, so now now we we most of our lives are spent doing kind of labor as in just trying to get things get food on the table whereas public life has been more and more uh, kind of dis- yeah diminished I would say mm. um, and and there's a lot of factors to it like partly is it, it also is the scale of of um, of um, well, there's no not much city states around. The, the, it's now a nation state kind of um, world that we live in, right. um, which is of a certain scale, and it makes uh, it, it makes us. Uh, in my view, I think it's a bit hard to to be um, to think of of your your people in the scale of a nation state because it's it's quite big for me, la. You kind of have to set yourself back and think about it as a top-down bureaucratic kind of thing, whereas mm-hmm. in a in a smaller commune, it's easier to you really know the people, um, and then it's easier to cooperate as 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 what I was saying. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's a very interesting point you did mention because for labors, their their goal is to get a dinner, right? And and technically, it's a life, you know. But for the for the politicians, the top-notch one, top top guy, you know, the top management. Even though they lose one job, it doesn't really matter. It's like Coca-Cola, right? It doesn't really matter if one people doesn't buy that one Coca-Cola, they can still survive as a big capitalist, right? Um, that's why I see the life and dinner principle comes in in this case. And also, um, you did mention this kind of different kind of level and, and I see the skill and also the people is growing bigger and bigger because politics, they usually involve in perhaps like international level and then labor, they happens perhaps in a tribe or in a small group of, you know, circle in a way. Um, and then just now, we also mentioned social learning. But, but, but Mark Pagel mentioned social learning is a visual theft, uh, a visual thief, right? It's like we are, we, are, we are stealing ideas from others by learning or seeing from it. Um, this comes to the you know, difference, the hierarchy of uh, imitator and also innovator. That's why, you know, the, it explains also why most of the community are controlled by small amount of people. And then this perhaps can be related to the idea of 2080. It's like 20% of population controlling the 80% of wealth or populations. Um, so while I, I'm not sure what do you think in this case, like how do we um, convert or, or, or reverse in a way that to allow more people to be innovator? I, I believe always there's a 
there's a so-called ESS, uh, evolutionary stable um, strategy in this case, like when ones get richer and then they will go back to this circle of life kind of thing. I don't know about labor and wealth and, and, and politics, but you know, uh, I mean, these are kind of words that you use, um, I think, yeah, out of context with the book, like, you know, because uh, I think the book stresses one whole idea that, um, first of all, a way of life, we have a way of doing something, and that requires a certain type of ego, we saying it's therefore to preserve a certain unit of uh, life mm. which uh, has a particular way of doing something. Uh, those guys in that group uh, cooperate, you know, to preserve it because if everybody is running like the Tower of Babel is a very good example when, you know, uh, God said that, you know, I will make sure that no, no one spoke the same language that they can't really build a, the, 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 the Tower of Babel properly, you know. So what, what it means is that you know, if we don't communicate and we don't exchange and we don't have dialogue and we don't have discourse, that will be the end of our culture. I mean, uh, culture can go from like, you know, uh, even a language system or a way of communication, you know, like take, for example, the iOS. You know, we all have to cooperate. Look at your wall plugs, for example, you know, hmm. your, your sockets. And um, imagine that every country you go, you have to like carry uh, 30 different types of plugs, you know, or it doesn't happen anymore. But the idea that we are using one wavelength for radio, you know, another mm. wavelength for Wi-Fi, and you, know, you know, that is all cooperation, isn't it, Gary? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, so what I'm saying is, um, what Mark Bigel's point uh, in the book is very simple: that we we learn that you know, if we don't cooperate, um, we won't get very far. Actually, mm. now, I think the context of uh, let's talk about the book in the context of let's say Malaysia. Right. I assume that William is Malaysian. Yeah. Um, we're trying to preserve a culture here in Malaysia, you know. Uh, mm. Do you see any cooperation among the people, you know? You know, you can have many, many art galleries. You can put up as many museums you want and you can put them in glass boxes. You see, culture is not something that you look at, you know. Culture is not something you read about. Culture is you do, you know. Do you cooperate? You know, do you do you pat someone's back and say you've done a good job? You know, that's how you preserve culture in Malaysia. It's not um, not putting stuff in the museum and art gallery, or you're not putting uh, artifacts and call it culture. Culture is a way of life. Mm. You know, we don't have a culture. I mean, I know this is recorded, but we don't have a culture in Malaysia mm. actually because we don't have one mind. A culture is one mind one mine and uh, we have a pond and we, we, we grow it, you know, and, and it will evolve and it will change and it's dynamic and it never stays the same, but uh, you cooperate and you preserve it and you take it to the next generation. Uh, it's a way of life and uh, being wired means, uh, okay, the first thing you talk about stealing ideas, right? Mm. We, we are all, we are all, we are all thieves, you know. We we steal from our parents. Mm. We uh, we imitate and we borrow and we emulate what they do. You mm. know, mm. that's what Mark Pego means. You know that uh, we they say they call it the mother tongue or the father tongue, and they say like father like son. You know, is mm. 
we we preserve a culture through through cooperation and um, and uh, the culture starts at home you know and, uh, and and culture is not about rising to the top and uh, being successful in large corporations i don't see any culture there you know mm. i think intelligence is uh, social learning is about uh, being able to say good morning to your neighbors and walking down the street and uh, keeping it clean mm. and uh, that's a culture you've got the uh, you've got the japanese culture you've got the thai culture you know mm. what's our culture in malaysia you tell me so okay so back to uh, <laughs> yeah back to, back to conservation and preservation of a certain way of life it's actually uh, is uh, what you said uh, gary is reality reality tana what 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 do you think how do you how do you define success for example mm. isn't that isn't that a, a form of real, isn't that a kind of reality that is different uh, everybody has a different idea of what success means so now the culture that we need to imbue into our kids and our young children is to tell them what success means mm. you know success means that you can preserve the continuum of the good life that you once had for many many generations you preserve it that's it mm. success is not uh, hiding secrets and uh, being competitive that's not success mm. what does it mean to be competitive actually mm. if if people are so competitive we wouldn't be using our iPhones you know mm, mm. yeah we we would uh, live in caves and uh, you know and hammer the next guy that walked across the door you know and uh, eat them up i think this is what happens to the north american indians mm. and also locally if you look at the uh, indigenous people in malaysia they don't want to cooperate you know and um, i think conservation of culture is important in order that if they cooperate right they would be able to preserve their own culture and say get out of here this belongs to us mm. this is not your land and uh, because they don't cooperate to get out of the system mm. you know they cannot even preserve their own language and i think like jawi for example is a very precious language i mean you you read the uh, you read the origin of species scary you have to read the malay archipelago mm. uh, read the malay archipelago because there's a lot of culture there that has disappeared it disappeared because uh, we disagree on many of the uh, fundamentals of what culture really means Uh, you, you you talked about religion mm. uh, that is the first time that is the first the first thing that actually divides people mm. you know because you define uh, the differences because uh, you give people different names and uh, uh, people's uh, reality tunnels are being conditioned in different ways and you divide them hence the hence the phrase you know divide and rule you know So divide and rule is what uh, Mark Pickel talks about is that uh, if you divide meaning you don't cooperate then someone would would take the upper hand and rule you know mm. and and that's why I I did mention to you earlier that you have to read Thomas Hobbes as well Leviathan is a very good example of what happens when you don't cooperate or when you delegate uh, the power to the corporations and he also talks about the selfish genes a little bit a long 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 way before uh, Richard Dawkins. Um, Dawkins. Mm. Yeah. Um, Because as you know, we're right. We we we're born to be selfish, you know. Mm, mm. Um but you're also wrong because we're born to to empathize, you know. Mm. 
our natural instinct is to empathize. It is only mm. after you've gone to school, you know. Mm. When your parents uh, send you to school, then it's divide and rule. And it's, uh, the, other, the other thing that's very interesting about it, um, his argument is that genetic doesn't play a, a big role in cultural preservation, which I believe is uh, a, very, it's a very valid and uh, it's something that goes against all that Dawkins writes about. And I think that's the strength of the book, actually. Mm. To be read together with what Dawkins is saying, then you can see that Mark Piggles touches on the idea that imagination and uh, empathy and all that, you know, uh, outside of your genetic limitation, outside of the fact that you've got certain genes, right? It doesn't actually stop you from cooperating with other people. Mm. I, I, Talk about I, the talking about the 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 uh, talking about Washington D.C. You know, hmm. capital. Yeah, now you know what I mean by selfish genes. Okay. Did you get that, Gary? <laughs> Sorry, I I thought I lost you just now. But but yeah, I I do agree that because uh, earlier on um I was watching I was I was reading out the interview between uh you know Mark Pagel and Richard Richard Dawkins. You know, someone actually interviewed Mark Pagel saying. What is your difference or significant value in your book? Is he says, my my book is much more on cooperative, you know, much more on memes, you know, much more on cultural uh, elements. Rather, uh, and Dawkins is much more on genetic and also biological. Um, William, do you have any thoughts from you know Hot's reply, or should I proceed to <laughs> different kind of questions? Um, I, I think you can proceed from that. That's, that's yeah. Okay. Um, because I wanted to ask, right, for example, you know, what, you know, like, like what said, we learning from each other, we learn from our parents, we learn from our neighbors, you know, and, and, and saying that Malaysians cultures, I mean, of course, is still corporate, cooperative in different ways, it's just not the things that we, you know, we wish to see, but William and what, you know, I mean, me, myself as well, we are, you know, we, we educated in, 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 in overseas, and then perhaps when we come back, then we will, you know, teach different kind of ways of life into, you know, in, in part of our, part of our life or even others, you know, and especially being, let's say you have a client, then perhaps you might want to consult or advise your clients to do certain things or even our students or our friends. Um, how do you see in this case that we don't, we don't enforce a certain culture into a local ingenuine culture? Do you get what I mean? It's an it's a, it's a effect of globalization in a way. See, it's like when we learn from, let's say, UK, and then we bring back to Malaysia, how do we see that in not a harmful way that we want people to change it? And then to standardize the so-called taste of UK is always the best. And then the Malaysians must follow in that sense. <laughs> this is the point I wanted to say about social learning that William talked about earlier, about his friend who acquired the taste for Chinese opera. And, and um, you, you acquire a certain taste for uh, a particular thing through social learning. I mean, some people don't like wine. Some people can't drink beer. Uh, some people just hate classical music. Some people think that uh, reading philosophy is a waste of time. Uh, some people think, you know, get your act together and get on with it. Some people think that uh, poetry is... Uh, it's, it's for sissies, you know. Mm. Uh, uh, I shouldn't use that word, but blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's all social learning and conditioning, I think. Uh, so, so, that, so I asked you earlier, Gary, is that um, 
first, 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 Mark Pagels word, you know, wired. Mm. You know, we are wired. You know, that wiring is actually in our genes. You know, and um, the culture part is the one that we ask is, you know, nasi uh, lama or listening to classical music. All of that are all of that is culture. Mm. So, so. So this is the point I want to make is that you, if you look at the title of the book itself, it, all, it already tells you that we, we are born to be able to cooperate and uh, it is in our genes that we want to cooperate. Mm. And it is only when you go to school, you and I go to England, we come back, we feel very uh, enthusiastic about you know, uh, learning. And what we bring back is not anything that we know. We bring back mm. us, you know, mm. your brain you know, and your, your, your motivation and your... You know, you're inspired to do things, and we're not bringing back anything other than we bring ourselves back. You know, mm. and, um, because we've acquired a certain way of looking at something, mm. and what you pass that we... on. You know, oh. Gary, you have to pass Sorry. that on. <laughs> okay, William. Oh, um, yeah, I think it, it's it's something that I'm also concerned about. Like, no, knowing that. Um, all all my architectural education is is done in the West, but wanting to settle in Malaysia um, in the long run, um, it's it's something that that um, I have to be very aware of, and and I I know that there will be a period of uh, unlearning or relearning mm. uh, when when I go back, um, <clears throat> and I I'm I'm curious how was that process like for for what um. Or you know, I mean, what uh, mentioned that you know we're, we're bringing just ourselves back, but that, but the the self that we we brought back to uh, to Malaysia is is a is one that has been um, educated in the, in the West, so it has certain um, let's say let's say baggages, um, and and how do you um, like was there was there a, a period of um, adapting those um, expectations mm -hmm. so like what i expect from from um contractors mm -hmm. here or clients mm -hmm. here is 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 probably different i, I hope it's different uh, i would want it to be different in, in uh when i'm back in malaysia um and even teaching um students for example what what they teach here and what 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 you should teach in malaysia um it, it's it, it should be different mm -hmm. and yeah, and and um, yeah, I, I'm curious to know how how that process has been like for what. I'm just saying that with with students here, what you do is you don't tell them uh, how to be more English or you know find out what the uh, the Scottish people do. None of mm -hmm. that. I'm just saying that because you are able to see more stuff and see more things, and you have a lot better conversations, right? You just carry on that so-called inverted commerce tradition or culture. And so what you're transcending here is actually you're taking on the culture of, uh, of the English life or the overseas uh, life and you try and make that the culture here. So the culture is not conserving a particular brand of uh, stuff that you need to look at or give importance to. The culture is the way of uh, cooperating, the way of communicating and, and that kind of... Um, Behavior is what I think counts and matters is the 
you know, how you carry yourself and how you open up to other people and how you, you kind of have dialogues, you know, and mm. that's what you, ca- I think that's what you bring home, don't you, Gary? I mean, it's, uh, mm. uh, that's what I do. I mean, it's, it's not about saying, oh, read more English books and uh, mm. uh, you got to find out more about Primrose Hill and, uh, you know, no, none of that. I'm just saying that when you're here, you get people to kind of like, you know, hey, come on, you know, speak up and uh, speak up, you know, it's, uh, cooperate with me you know mm. speaking speaking is uh, is language language is communication mm. um, making any noise you know making any noise even if you're sitting there not saying anything you're 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 doing something you mm. know uh, it's a bit complicated here if i'm saying that silence is also part of communication you know mm. uh, because uh, if you you study the work of Bose and then you go to someone like Ellen Walk who talks about music, you know, you talk about music just now. Um, it is the silences between the notes that makes the melody, you know. Mm. And so on I'm saying communication, you can also be a good listener. You can also be someone that just sits there in the room and say nothing. But the idea here I'm saying about the culture, the culture in Malaysia, uh, and I, I, don't, I don't see that in any other country actually. It's only in Malaysia, to be honest. Mm. You can sit in the room, right, and and uh, you can be t- talking to 85 people and not one of them will want to communicate with you. And that's called bad culture because it means that you're going to just, you're destructive because you're, you're not cooperating with me. Mm. I'm doing all the talking. Yeah, you're mm. doing a lot of listening, but, you know, cooperation, uh, why for culture means that if, so this takes me to another guy who talks about conversational theory, you know. Mm. Uh, okay. Social learning yep. is developed through having a conversation with about having a conversation with your neighbor. You know, according to uh, Dr. Gordon Pass, it's that conversation theory. He believes that you know only intelligence can be created through conversations. Mm. There's no other way you can create intelligence. Yeah. Right. So, so you are you are saying it's not to bring the alteration in speaking of practice much much more on the thinking to be more open. So that's the first step, right? We we don't trying to saying that you should eat English breakfast instead of nasi lemak kind of thing. Um, okay, William, do you, do you think anything to add on? Um, I, I, I remember hearing uh, an architect, uh, a Japanese architect, but living in London, talk about this issue of um, being in kind of two places. Um, uh, he, he seems to... I mean, I think he found it odd at first, but he came to terms with it and saw himself as an outsider in both London and Japan. Mm. Um, So whenever he, uh, well, say when he he came to London, um, he's always seeing things, you know, from a Japanese perspective, seeing it from the outside. Um, But as he he, um, practiced and worked, um, it, it started to influence him as well. Um, and so whenever he goes back to Japan, he sees it again as an outsider's, uh, mm. from an outsider's point of view. And it's, it's, he's always seeing it from, from the outside, um, which, which is, I think that's, that's quite interesting um, that he, he kind of uh, embraces it mm. instead of saying that I need to completely um, reject um, one part of me who's not of, like, like for example, I, 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 if I come to London and then I, I would say, okay, I need to put the Malaysian stuff away. I need to mm. just focus on, on learning whatever stuff here. 
um, being being appropriate the, to the context of London, all that kind of stuff. And then, and then when I go back to Malaysia, I'm, I'm just gonna set the London stuff aside and then be appropriate contextually mm. to, to to Malaysia. Uh, whereas what this guy um, Hayatsu, his name is uh, oh, Takashi Hayatsu. Hayatsu. Yeah, um, was saying that it's, it it helped with um, bringing in um, more like diversity. Yeah, more more diversity to to the projects, um, and the way he resolves details and everything like that is also quite interesting. Right. Just now, in speaking of reading culture, it reminds me of a recent article by Professor Tazudin saying that you know he was interviewing a few students, and you know very few of them actually able to question or answer you know what books actually influence them. This is part of the reading culture that we need to fix in a way. This is, I, I don't think this is the matter of globalization, but rather the reading culture itself uh, it became almost like essential for everyone to know, you know, things. It doesn't really matter whether it's philosophy or medical, you know, it's, as long as there, there should be a book that, you know, uh, inspire us. Um, sorry, what? You, you're, you're trying to say something? Yeah, we're doing a yeah, we're doing a project in uh, in, in in school now. Uh, it's uh, the museum project, and I got my guys to do what we call uh, analyze the uh, program for a museum. And in the program, they analyze visitors to the museum, and they have uh, seven categories of uh, visitors. You know, hmm. so one one they say foreigner, another one local, and then another one. Uh, specialized visitors, and then another one, uh, Asians, and then and that kind of thing, and then tourists, and then I kind of figured out. I said, you know, so this is the problem with uh, we human beings. You know, we, we're no longer human beings. You know, we're either Malaysian, English, Japanese, Korean, uh, or Taiwanese. You know, we're no longer human beings. You know? So this idea that we separate ourselves is exactly the point that Mark Diggle points out. You know, we create all these language. You know, language no longer become bridges you know there are mm. barriers you know they we identify ourselves with like being so english and you being so japanese that eventually we we compete with each other you know and we try to propagate our national language our national identity and all this nationalization they're just fences you just build fences around you and and i think the idea of cooperation today is not about preserving a japanese culture or or english culture or uh, Malaysian culture mm. the cooperation that we need today is how do we cooperate as a human race you know mm. yeah that's something I, I wish to point out actually from the book oh, what you just muted yourself or... okay oh, when I'm done I mute myself yeah <laughs> okay um I just wanted to add on another thing is that because of course we there is also a, a, a metrics or skill or degree, you know, how far we wanted to go. If let's say you, you go over extreme, then you become very um, selfish in a way. But if you go back, that's why this, this comes my another, you know, following question in a way. If let's say we being too cooperative or universal, will it be become like we are all standardized in a sense, you know, because everyone just cooperative in a certain direction, then what is the point of being individualistic? Um, this I would quote like Frederick Nietzsche talking about free will and also um, preservation of self. So I'm not sure what do you guys think in this sense that, I mean, of course, I'm not, I'm not rejecting the idea of cooperation, but it's just that I wish to bring back another, um, another side of a story that 
we can be individualistic. That's why, you know, our world is so diverse, you know, uh, you know, full of so many patterns and also life forms. Uh, uh, Gary, Gary, I can, I can take that point. Uh, no amount of cooperation, no amount of cooperation will make us the same. Hmm. We, we, have to, we have to rest the case here. You know, uh, people have this anxiety that if, if you follow the rules and you cooperate near, you can all, you can all be talking the same language and we'll all be wearing the same uniforms and uh, we'll all work for the same guy. You know, that would never happen because hmm. we're born different. You know, uh, hmm. look at the uh, Deleuze's uh, theory, uh, architect's favorite philosopher, you know, Giles Deleuze, who talks about differentiation, you know, you look at a tree, for example, you know, we, we label them as trees, but no two trees are alike. Mm. They can never be alike, you know, and, um, and, and this is something we human beings have to realize. We are different from the start, you know. Mm. In the first place, we are never the same. We, we, no two persons are the same. No amount of cooperation will make us the same. I, I can never be like you, Gary, and you can mm. never be like me. I mean, mm. but you can be like me if you want to. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but, but I, uh, the idea here is that uh, language is just a means to communicate. It doesn't make us different or the same. Mm. You know, it's a means to share an idea, you know, so that we can both uh, cross the boat uh, safely. You know, we can cross the river safely or we can, we can you know, take care of our diseases together, you know. Um, mm. But it doesn't make us the same. We don't have to be the same. Mm. You know, you see, the the fallacy that we have here is that you know cooperation makes us all uh, robots. Uh, actually, robots is when we 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 create fences and we identify ourselves with, and, and that's uh, social clubs. You know, mm. meaning religions and, and and ideologies and and political groups. You know. Mm. Do, do you think that people in, in one political group are alike in any no. way? No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think cooperation is not making you alike. You know, when you cooperate, you can, you can decide to be very different from one another. I mean, can you see the point there? Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Because I, 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 I see cooperation, the, the difference between the word cooperation and assimilation is two different things. Uh, one is much more like, a, um, I don't know, <laughs> brainwash, <laughs> brainwash versus uh, learning in a way. Uh, William, what do you think? Like, you know, being self and also you, you, you earlier also mentioned what makes human a human is the, you know, the diversity of it. Mm, I, I think like, uh, you were mentioning about the, the kind of universalization or globalization. Um, and I think we, we can see that in, in the, the postmodern city, uh, right, like right. new developments and stuff like right, that. Right. What um, uh, I've read someone writing about it as uh, facades of anonymity. Mm. Uh, that, that whilst each individual building are um, interesting on their own, um, but when you put them all together in a city, they, they start to form this kind of white noise. Mm. Um, and, and it's, um, it's very similar in all around the world. Uh, it's the same typology, um, all around the world, the uh, kind of glass cladded, um, tower podium, uh, block. Mm. And, and that that's enabled because of our, um, kind of the, the, our, advancement in modern technology mm. um, but also this pursuit for a, a global image 
uh, a kind of progressive, economically progressive image um, to, to capture kind of uh, foreign investors and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so you, and then, and, and so, yeah, the term global city was, was coined by Saskia Sassen um, and, and talks about uh, the, the, I mean, her book is not architectural, but, but it's a, it's a, it's a phenomena that, that I, I think is, is uh, very current and, and something that we need to be um, quite critical about. Mm. Um, so I understand, I understand what um, notion of, of collaboration. Um, but I also think that um, we need to be critical about, about that in, in like the very real things about climate and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, because each climate is different. Um, and so you will need different kind of buildings to respond to them. But, right. but most cities aren't really doing that because you still get these glass cutted buildings in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. um, and then how, how do you resolve the issue of, of, uh, of, of these kind of buildings? You, they, uh, you then rely on uh, technology again to ensure an air tightness and air conditioning inside. And this principle is the same in the UK, where mm -hmm. if you're in a, in a tall uh, glass building, it's gonna be really cold in winter, mm. and you gotta seal it and and uh, air con like you, you heat internally. Um, so in a way, this is a, a universalization. It's the same everywhere. Right. And it can be seen as a form of collaboration, but is it is it really the kind of collaboration that we want? Right. Um, I can 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 I give Gary? Can I take uh, William's point about uh, collaboration and cooperation and what what why I think uh, there's some confusion with the, with the idea of cooperation and globalization has no cooperation, actually. Mm. That's the problem with globalization. We don't cooperate. That's why you got globalization. Globalization is like getting everybody to do the same thing. When you cooperate, right, you don't do the same thing. Mm. You know, I'll give you a simile. Like if you're in a boat, right, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping watch of the rock ahead, right? And there's a guy at the bottom of the boat who's cooking dinner, right? When I when I cooperate with a guy, right, he doesn't come up and say, "Let me uh, steer the boat." I say, "No, no way, bro. I mean, you're you're supposed to stay down there. Mm. That's why we cooperate. We do different things. Mm. We get the boat moving safely. You know, globalization is everybody gets up to the deck and everybody wants to take the steer. You know, mm. and no one prepares dinner. And mm. and globalization is exactly that. You see, everybody wants glass towers." Nobody mm. wants to uh, clean the refuse. Nobody wants to separate their wet waste. Nobody wants to look after the sewer. Nobody wants to look after social housing. Mm. You know, globalization is is not cooperation at all. Mm. And uh, when we cooperate, we don't globalize. Mm. We compare, we exchange, we build different things for different people. You know, mm. for different needs, and that's what cooperation means. Allusion to the idea that uh, when we cooperate, we all wear the same white shirt and we all go working in a glass box, you know. Mm -hmm. That's not cooperation at all. Cooperation is recognizing each other's strength and, and we build a community together. Someone does the farming, another guy does, looks after the factory, someone sweeps the road, you know, another guy teaches the kids, someone looks after our welfare, mm. you know, we train doctors and, you know, globalization is like, you know, we all work the same way. We all live in, in, in condominiums and we all have more shopping malls. That's not cooperation at all. That's bullshit. You know, I think 
I think cooperation is like the idea of the boat. You know, like I said, you know, if you have four people in the boat, we cooperate, we get things done. You know, we, we cover we cover our backs. You know, and we do very very different things. We specialize in different things, and our output is different. We we um, we manifest different things. You know. Like what William was saying, globalization is when someone says the, there's only one way of doing houses in Africa, and you follow my culture, you know, mm. my way of doing things, which is uh, let's have shiny glass boxes for your office, and that's globalization. That is globalization, you know. Mm. Um, mm. When you cooperate, you 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 pull out the strength and the, the culture of different people, and you put it all together. Mm. Way of thinking. Um, you know, way of uh, looking at things, you know, and you communicate and you converse and you create intelligence mm. and you, you have conversation and you create and you say, huh, you know what? I have something that you can use in your country. Mm. And then I say, what do I get? What do I give you? Mm. And um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm. we're going beyond the book a little bit, but I think that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so so in, uh, I would like to conclude that cooperation is rather a uh, reciprocity in a way. It's a it's a two way mutuality. Um, I would like to proceed to a quick session of, you know, inviting some of the participants to share their thoughts and perhaps maybe later we can move on to artificial intelligence, you know, that's the, 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 the strength in, in, in what he would like my, to share. My, my favorite topic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, William, would you like to say something? I mean, before we proceed, you know, to, you know. No, someone... Huh? No, but oh. Gary, but someone posted, a, someone posted an article and it says... Uh, uh, machines would one day have consciousness, and I say, "Oh no, come on!" Or, was it, was know, that? Give me a break. <laughs> I think I think I saw that comment. <laughs> I saw that comment too. <laughs> I know where 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 the pose is, but anyway. So so William, yeah. Um, I I, I just wanted to uh um go a little bit more um into what uh what I was talking about in terms of collaboration. Um, so. I mean, yeah, there, there was a bit of a misunderstanding, but I'm in the process of trying to understand it through this conversation. Um, so with the analogy of, of the, the boat, um, there, is a, there is an understanding of uh, differences in, in, in roles. Um, and therefore there is an understanding of boundaries. Um, boundaries of like, you know, this is, I, I'm steering the ship, the, the, the ship and you, you're, uh, cooking dinner and and so there's um, there are just boundaries that you don't cross right but it it's still collaboration also means that you you need to be able to communicate through that boundary but but still yeah. retain that boundary and and it's it, like um, in my understanding um, when when you talked about the um, glass boxes in Africa thing as well it's there's also a, a sense a, 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 an understanding that this is this is a different place to that place. And, and mm. somewhere along the line, there is a boundary and it might be a really blurred kind of boundary, but there is one and, it, and we need to recognize them in, in order to stop this kind of global 
um, uh, bulldozing path, right? Mm, mm, mm. So I mean, I, I yeah, it, it is. So in in that sense, you need you need to do both. You need to um, recognize one's boundary and also uh, communicate communicate with the the people uh, beyond and and um, like we think of boundaries now as as the termination for something, but boundary can also mean the beginning of of um, uh, a place. Uh, yeah, the, the the beginnings of a place, and and it's got to do with the word of the, the word horizon, where right. um, you that is the the limit of your your visual perception, and that that forms your boundary, and that's where your being in the world begins. Um, but yeah, that's just something I. I, I, I'm not sure what was reading up to selfish genes because also the same analogy of rowing a boat. I, you know, but, but perhaps this is a different boat, what mentioned. Um, maybe I can quote a little bit from the chapter called Immortal Coys. Um, One oxman on his own cannot win the Oxford and Cambridge boat race. He needs eight colleagues. One of the qualities of a good oxman is teamwork, the ability to fit in and cooperate with the rest of a crew. Because alone, you can't do that, right? So that's the point where the teamwork and also cooperation comes in. Um, so anyone who would like to, I, I thought to open the floor, maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you know, um, anyone who would like to share, especially Sue, because I would like to ask you, because from your previous sharing on the podcast, you shared about a lot of things and also images from, you know, Asia's. You know, this, this kind of cultural diversity that brings you closer to Malaysians. That's why I always think that Susanna is much more, much Malaysian than myself. <laughs> yeah, hi. Um, I think it, it's very, for me, it's very similar to this Japanese guy, which William Chu was uh, talking about, you know. When I, I, I see it from outside, but I think there is a, I, I, I like this situation. It's not a negative uh, thing to, to have this uh, viewpoint a bit from the outside. I mean, when I'm, when I'm here, I, I mean, often it, 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 it is that people, what they have, they don't see it. They always think it's greener on the other side, isn't it? And often people from outside, they, they, they see the things uh, which is in front of your, your eyes, but they can see it, you know? So I, I, like, I like this position, but back, back to uh, uh, Pagel, um, what, what I, I what, and, and this discussion, what I just heard from everyone, which is uh, really interesting, I mean, from a, from a smaller scale to a bigger scale, I mean, the bigger scale, you see what is happening at the moment, you know, I mean, you're having Brexit, you know, you have the problem with the EU, you have uh, Trump, you know, and you have this uh, discrepancy between, uh, on one side, we have... Uh, people who wants to be back to community living and enclosed and other people who who sees uh, that we all have to cooperate you know and and it is a problem it is it is in a big scale a problem and it is in a small scale so what can we do i mean we can, we can do from from our small part whatever we can do like talking to the neighbor what what was saying you know being open minded uh, uh, and uh, don't become fanatic or, or one-sided, you know. And mm. and and the same thing in the in the bigger political issue, you know. But it is it is uh, I think it, it is at very at the current moment it is a very uh, very profound uh, issue about the, the world gets smaller. Mm. We are getting more and more connected with our phone. You know, we are exposed and and yeah, the question like what William also say, you know, this. Uh, 
this um, universal style everywhere and do we want to do we want to go say to Greece and we want to see the same thing what we have here do we want to go in another country and have everywhere the same thing I mean it's boring isn't it mm. nobody wants this isn't it so we, 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 but it's a balancing act, you know, I mean, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm personally, personally, not so much uh, in, in preference of skyscrapers and this, uh, this class skyscrapers, but there are skyscrapers in class, which are good ones compared to others. They're good ones and they're not so good working ones, you know, I mean, I would also not become now fanatic and say, oh, we cannot have any uh, class building. I mean, I mean, <sighs> last, last it's a balancing act and it is quite uh, sensitive and it's not easy right yeah that's yeah I, I i do agree you know when when you wish to do the the, the things on one side there will be definitely another go on another side um mm -hmm. it's a very interesting point because it's mentioned about this kind of a globalization or mass production um john berger also mentioned this kind of a phenomena is rather banal and also ubiquitous it seems to be everyone just wanted to plong you know the glass box everywhere you know it seems to be like a standard uh procedure for the developers or even for the you know some commercial architects they wish to do um maybe we could, anyone who would like to add on before we you know move on to the ai <laughs> um I'm not sure because I think it's a very interesting topic to talk about because especially, you know, I, I believe most of us here, uh, you know, are, you know are, are practicing in architecture. But I'm not sure about Snow because I think Snow, maybe being a curator of a galleries or, um, you know, content or, or, or curating content, I'm not sure what is your thought in speaking of culture. I, I think that must be a very big thing for you, Snow. I'm not sure if Snow here. <laughs> Snow? Sorry, hi, uh, I'm here. Right, oh my hi. God, you know, I, I think it to happen. I thought you guys might bring me up and I thought <laughs> I should pay attention because, you know, I'm doing stuff. That, sorry, I, I've not actually read the book. I thought I would speed read it, but I didn't do that. But I was quite interested in the idea of, you know, when Hart was talking about cooperation and collaboration. Collaboration for me in the other world is a, is a huge, it, it's quite dirty, the word. It's like, hmm. It's like the buzzword that we use right. um, in art because it's sexy. Uh, last year was curation. No, sorry. Two years ago was curation. Last year was narrative. Maybe this year is collaboration. <laughs> you know? So I, I think, uh, um, can I just, just get on that point? Not really culture because I can't really comment on that based mm -hmm. on what you guys are specifically talking about. But uh, I'm interested in the idea of collaboration and cooperation is two different things, but it come from the same place, but one has a parameter that is set towards the end, mm. which is cooperation. Collaboration, not really. You can come up with two ends, I think, at least mm. in my context. Mm. Yeah? Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's all I can do. Yeah. I mean, I thought you might bring, <laughs> you might ask me what I thought about culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but I really I, appreciate I'll comment further. Maybe actually, I'm just listening to it right now. Actually, I just started listening to it properly. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, it's okay. Take your time. But, but I just thought yeah. that, you know, it's, it's supposed to be 
quite casual one. It doesn't really matter, you know. It, you can listen back anytime anyway. But I thought, yeah, I really appreciate your idea on, you know, the definition on collaboration and also cooperative. This, yeah. um, it's quite similar, but it's quite different. <laughs> same, same. It's but similar different. and different, but I think it's the idea of the end. You know, right. uh, it's the end product. When you cooperate, sometimes it means someone, something's got to give when you mm. cooperate. Means, mm. uh, if, okay, so I give it as, as an example, uh, the collaboration which I just did with CLG. Um, what does that mean, a collaboration, right? So did we cooperate? Not really. I mean, mm. something, you know, there was just this understanding. Ah, I was going to say, there's always, the, there's a general understanding when you both cooperate, co cooperation and collaboration both have that general understanding. One goes to one goal, the other one can achieve many other goals. And therefore, I think collaboration is, uh, is that's why collaboration is quite a sexy word right now, mm. you know? So, hey, we both can, you know, I can collaborate with you or anyone, you know, I don't even need to know what you're doing. Let's collaborate, mm. come up with many different works. I think that's the general understanding, uh, mm. both in fine art, architecture. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense uh, to me because uh, I don't think there's, Really any real collaboration mm. at this point, at least from how I see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I can say uh, at the moment. Maybe I can add more later. Can I ask something? So what is a, a good example for collaboration then? When, you, when you're saying uh, that was not really a collaboration? Uh, sorry, which one did I say that was not a collaboration? You mean between us and me and CLG or...? It was a collaboration simply because I think there was also an understand, you know, Juan and Susanna basically both understand what I do. So there is also the level of trust. Mm. When you cooperate, you may mm -hmm. not, you, you don't really trust that person sometimes. Like, ah, okay, la, just, you know, give in, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do, la, okay, you know, a kind of thing you can do. I think, at least in my mind. Mm. And therefore, uh, I think collaboration is more like, because I think collaboration involves a lot of discussion. I think when we put up the show and Snap put up the show mm. in CLG, I needed to basically navigate around, so navigate IE boat uh, around uh, their practice. Mm. You know, so it's about getting into like really understanding how the workings of the office was. Um, you know, how do I not disrupt them? Mm. You know, when you, I, I feel at least in, in my personal opinion, I think cooperation can be disruptive because someone had to give something up. Right. So I wonder if what, uh, I, I mean, I've never really asked him. I wonder if Juan and Susanna actually felt like as if they had to give something up, you know, when they were, when, when we were doing the project there, or did they also equally enjoy the outcome mm. in, in a way? So because then that, that determines whether, was it a cooperation? Maybe they were just being cooperative with me, you know? <laughs> so what you know? is a, I, I what was is like, a, oh yeah, it's a collaboration. So what, no, what is the difference between cooperation and collaboration? Oh, no, I was just saying just now, cooperation feels to me more like, let's say, uh, you tell me, uh, I cannot have anyone coming in after eight. And I, okay, and I just say, okay, but although, in my mind, I knew that only in nighttime the show will look good, let's say. Mm, so mm. I, I am co cooperating with you. Collaboration would mean um, you tell me nobody can come in after eight. 
And then we have this long discussion about why I think people mm. can mm. come in and say, you know, maybe I can do this and that and that just so that, you know, because, and then you're like, all right, all right, you know, that, that is not really, I mean, that, that's discussion. I think there's more discussion involved in co collaboration, I, I feel, at least. So, so one is yeah. one way, one is two way, isn't it? In a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One is like, there is a master, there, there are a bunch of followers, you know, for, for I, I feel, you know, for a corporate. So someone is leading something. I mean, I don't think I'm, I was leading the, the thing, you know. Um, um, yeah. It's very I think one is more like, okay, you're the leader. I'm going to follow you and just cooperate, I, I feel. Right, Collaboration right. is more like both of us at 50-50. Right, right, you know? right. So, you know, what do you think? It's a constant, what do you think? Or what do I think? What do you think? You know, I mean, it's a bit painful, but <laughs> it will come to a kind of conclusive end where it's quite, it can potentially be quite dynamic. I expect, at least in the final set, that it's supposed to be the production of what, collaboration is mm, mm. yeah i mean it's like hey here's a next cooperation <laughs> there's no such thing right there's next collaboration between the right, right 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 yeah yeah that's a very interesting mm. point because i don't see you know either side they don't have the perfect score isn't it because if let's say you have the sense of uh, authority or order right you can get the decision quicker i'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, uh, supporting the idea of totalitarian, but I'm just saying they are a good side in, in a certain ways. Um, right. But yeah, so anyone would like to add on before we move on to AI? <laughs> yeah, Daniel, oh, wait, Daniel, Daniel yeah. so, sorry. Sorry. There's, sorry. There's Daniel in our group chat. I would like Daniel to say something because Daniel is we're in many countries and he's so-called foreigner in Malaysia. Mm. Uh, what he thinks about... Daniel, are you there? Daniel? Uh, yes, can you hear me? <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Hi. Everybody, oh my Hi, God. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Do you have I hope, I hope uh, yeah, I hope you don't ask me about um, sailing or boats, which I yes. thought was a good metaphor, <laughs> but, but um, I, I'm not thinking about uh, collaboration and cooperation, <laughs> actually. I'm sorry, Snow. I was thinking about culture. And what what mentioned about um, Malaysia not having culture? I understand what you're saying, but um, actually one of the things I'm actually working on right now is the culture in Malaysia. And when I think of culture, I think of identity. Mm. And I think there's a lot of culture in Malaysia. It's not the modern maybe culture, which uh, you know you, you look for somewhere else outside, mm. but. Um, Throughout the travels and the trips I've taken, I've realized that um, it is the identity of of the people and of the of the cultures, the, the community that makes the culture. So I think there's a lot of it. In Malaysia, having the population it has, with the Chinese, the Indian, and the Malay, obviously is a bit complex. You know, there, there's there's a big variety of culture and identity. And I think to keep that up is difficult. Mm. But um, I think, and, and I agree with you, Susanna, you know, being a foreigner maybe helps to, to put value to the things you have here. But mm. um, I think the work here, when you talk of culture, is look back to your identity, where you come from, and uh, you know, let aside the politics and put value to it. 
Mm. And then I think you can create a modern culture which you can export as well, but um, just being being what you are. Mm. That's that's my contribution. Mm. Eh? Mm. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> okay, Dan Daniel, uh, Dan Daniel and Gary and William and Susanna, may I address you guys? There is no culture when within these members there is no cooperation. Put it this way. <laughs> this is my take. Okay, I, I realize that, that we are a multicultural and we are a diverse country. Mm. But my definition of a culture is where all members of that one culture cooperate with each other. Mm. And we've spoken about cooperation enough. Um, I want to invite uh, Kwamina, who is uh, a global architect, but he doesn't go around globalizing every country. What he does is cooperate <laughs> with the culture of that country. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, Kwamina, come on. Hi, hey, Hi. How are you guys? Happy New Great. Year. Great. Happy New Year. <laughs> We're good. Hi, We're good. So, interesting discussion you're having. So, do you do, do you globalize <laughs> us? Do you go around globalizing, making every one of your building the same? <laughs> we try and avoid it, um, but I think it's important to contextualize the local the local condition to bring something from a different thought like type of thinking. So whether it's European or whether it's Pan-Asian to bring to a situation where you can bring your point of view, but also <laughs> find the key components of that local setting that makes it unique. Um, mm. And I think that is use interesting in when you build, if I take, I mean, I've just finished work, some work in Hong Kong. So if I take that as a, as a reference, and in Hong Kong, you have taking three seminal buildings. You have the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank by Norman Foster. Mm. You have the Bank of China by IMP. Right. And we've recently finished, uh, we'll be finishing next, this year, um, the M Plus Museum. And for Norman Foster's building, it's very much Norman Foster's building. It's recognizable, it's international, it's iconic. And you can see that it's a Norman Foster building. For IMP, um, that one is interesting because the podium is an existing neoclassical piece of uh, colonial architecture. Mm. And on top, he's built a modern uh, skyscraper, you know, the bamboo form. Mm. Mm. So he's taken a little bit of that Asian identity and added it to what was, what was once a former colony. You know, he's, so, so that's a kind of uh, hybriding of two things. But it still gives Hong Kong those two buildings give Hong Kong a very clear identity. When you mm. see a photo, you see those two buildings, you see you know it's Hong Kong. That doesn't mean the culture is in the city, it is in those buildings, but it's trying to, architecture can inflect culture mm. into a building that then gives people a purpose of being there. I mean, the, the Twin Towers in Kuala Lumpur, everyone knows the Twin Towers. Right. Nobody necessarily recognizes them as, nobody thinks of the architect, you know, Caesar Pelli but everyone knows the Twin Towers as these, the tallest Twin Towers in the world in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. So I think it's a very interesting discussion, but also it's quite complex because cities also look for architects to give them identity as much as architects look to places to give their buildings context. Mm. And this is where your collaboration and cooperation conversation comes in as well. I'm not sure if that answers the question, but I think it gives you some some reference. 
Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Clement. Thanks a lot. I I I I personally really like the you 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 mentioned the Norman Foster and uh, Iron Pace skyscrapers because personally I know like Iron Pace him himself also from from Hong Kong I think before he migrate to US and this this is a very interesting proposition where you know how um one people even though they they staying in 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 different part of the world they are still have that kind of resonance to their own home country or even the roots in a way um let's move on to AI then uh perhaps the last session uh in fact i didn't really <laughs> schedule this to be happen but yeah it just so happened um perhaps to introduce this i would like to quote rene decart talking about um knowing and choosing this is the difference between uh, intellectual and will so since we are talking about intelligent uh, intelligence um what the is there any particular reason why you are saying machines will not constitute a certain level of in, uh, intelligence I say that because it's common sense, isn't it? Mm. I mean, a machine is not capable of a uh, 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 transaction. You know, transaction is like self-repair. If you make a mistake, you you repair your mistakes. Human beings do that, and that's called uh, social learning, and it's also called um, natural intelligence. I remind you guys, yeah, natural mm. intelligence. Machines are artificially intelligent. They cannot discern a mistake. Or they don't have uh, the ability to transact or make an exchange of ideas, you know, which is what we talk about. Wired for culture. The reason why we have cultures is because more than one person decide that they will uh, they will uh, preserve their way of life, you know, and then it becomes thirty people, and then thirty thousand people, and then three million people have a way of doing things, you know, uh, which is why you get Hong Kong and you get. Uh, you get uh, Italy, and you get these are all the different cultures. It's cooperation that makes them Italians. It's cooperation that makes them Japanese. And my 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 rationale and my critique about Malaysia not having a culture, because all those cultures are de are dead. They're mm. dead. I mean, you have a guy that makes knives that Daniel pointed out to me. Uh, fantastic. There's another guy that burns charcoal and makes charcoal. There's another guy that makes candles, you know, and there's another guy that makes uh, paper lanterns. But that's not my culture. That's not me. You know, that's one guy trying to preserve his art. You know, cooperation will will just be a necessary evil. You just have to cooperate or collaborate, as Snow put it, in order you can in order that you can preserve an identity. Mm. I can't identify myself with anyone, you know, mm. if they don't cooperate with me. That is why you go into a, a, a meeting room, you can't get any ideas going if no one talks in the room. Mm. There's no cooperation, so there's no culture. You know, mm. to me, my definition of a culture is where every member of that group communicates, exchange, discourse, and have a conversation. Mm. You know, quite simply that. And then, so AI uh, is information that you feed into a machine and they're supposed to tell you stuff that you already know. The only mm. thing that they do is uh, make us a bit more lazy because we don't have to make, do all the computations. We don't have to predict because we are capable of predicting. And all this stuff about, you know, Kasparov losing out to a machine is just sheer nonsense. I mean, what is that proof, you know, um, that this guy can uh, decide when his, his next... Uh, uh, a, a game is going to be? No. I mean, uh, the whole thing about 
AI is that if you look at the code, right, that's written by Shuring, um, um, Shuring wrote a, a code that says that even if you want to make a machine become intelligent, you yourself have to write a beautiful and intelligent code. But that means to say that the, all the intelligence of a machine comes from an intelligent person. You know, the, the machine is only as useful as you make it. And um, the other thing I like to say about AI is that it doesn't self-repair. So what Shuring does is say, you take one line of code out of a, a program, right? It just fails to start. That's it. If you take a code out of me, right, Gary, mm. I can still function. You take a code out of me, let's say, I can still function because I can self-repair. I can negotiate, you know, what the next thing I have to do. A machine does not negotiate. Mm. It just doesn't start. I, I, I do agree that you mentioned uh, AI or machines, they are rather a transfer from, you know, humanity because we can't deny the fact that machines also part of the, you know, what, what human produce, right? And I do agree that you're saying that is sort of predictable because it is so fixed and uh, constant in a way we, so, we, we, because we wrote it, right? We know how it works, but for human it's so organic. Um, it's so um, tangible in a way that we, 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 we can't even expect our, our next day, you know, what is the, what's going on to tomorrow. Um, William, yeah, what do you think? I mean, apart from, you know, what's sharing on AI, but, you know, apart also from the discussion that we had from Daniel or Sue or Kwamina, it's no, yeah. I, I don't think I have much to say about um, artificial intelligence because I'm not very well versed in, in that. I, I don't, I, I guess from a very uninformed uh, point of view, I, I do hope that we don't go down that route, but um, it, it also seems like it's uh, inevitable part of of our world in the future. Daniel, you're very quiet. Sorry that we've been keeping you very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, feel free to interrupt, like, you know, if you guys have any thought, just chip in. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want to share another idea about AI and and uh, space exploration and what was the other thing? Um, robotic science. You know, AI, AI is like uh, the idea behind AI is that we want we want to replicate ourselves, you know. So we, we build all these robots that are supposed to look more and more like us. But little do we know, and we forget, that we are already the best machines that we can ever invent. Why invent us over again when we've already been the best machines we can build, you know? Think about mm -hmm. it. I mean, that's why I think space exploration is a bit strange to me because you, you're going to inhabit another planet and make it look like planet Earth. But you've already got planet Earth. You're not even sure how to sustain it, right? Mm. And, and, and so I, I have my doubts about robotic science, AI, and space exploration from that point of view. Like, you know, I'm just being a bit cheeky here. But you think about it, right? What AI does is uh, let it do some of the things that we do a bit faster. Mm. Uh, but that's about it. But, you know, leave the thinking to us humans because um, I think natural intelligence is supreme and it's divine and it's, uh, it's adequate, you know, and uh, we don't need any more uh, machines, you know. I'd rather that I talk to you, uh, Gary, if I have a problem to solve mm. than to kind of feed some info into a, um, a, a computer, you know. 
mm. and kind of like rely on that thing to uh, cooperate with me. I, I want to cooperate with you. You know, I don't want to cooperate with the machine mm. to create a culture. To create a culture, you know, um, do you want to cooperate with uh, like twenty thousand machines to sustain and preserve a culture? Mm. No, right. Uh, I I I I want I wanted to quote uh, because Corbusier did I, I mean in the context of architecture okay um Corbusier did mention house is a machine for living in, but Bernard Rudowski comes out another point of view saying that a house is actually an instrument not a machine. This is what makes a difference between guitar and a jukebox, box, isn't it? It's just one is you just play a button, one is you need to play a guitar. Um, I, I believe that in this group conversation, we have a lot of uh, Rudowski. <laughs> but 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 William, I am curious. What do you think? As in in, in terms of, I, I mean, I do agree that um, technology is not infinite or um, absolute solution. But uh, at the same time, machine also allows us. For example, now we are using Zoom discussion. This is one of the advantage that do something beyond our human uh, ability in a way. Yeah, um, I think uh, I, I shared a, a kind of similar sentiment with, with what regarding this kind of the technology and um, I guess that's the, the problem of the homo faber, like the, the kind of fabricator um, and uh, this, this idea of utilitarianism uh, of, of the constant or the unending chain of uh, means and ends um which which uh, I've came across in in reading Heidegger and and Arendt as well um it's it, in that it's if you keep focusing on on the in order to um it, it kind of it starts to lose its meaning so there's a quote that uh, that I I think I'm just gonna find that page okay yeah. so uh utility established as meaning generates meaninglessness mm -hmm. um so I, I i think yeah that would be the path down down that route but we can still be critical about it because it's it definitely helps us a lot um but we need to be we need to yeah we need to be in control rather than be be like shoved along by it mm -hmm. um and some might argue that perhaps it um, it has gotten um, beyond our uh, kind of human realm uh, of understanding, like mm. the AI thing, mm. um, which makes it hard to to um, rein it back and and use it in a more meaningful way. But yeah, uh, that's just I guess that's the task of the present. Right. Right. But um, uh, Hoyt, I would like to ask because, you know, we can't avoid the, the advancement of technology, for example, you know, I mean, we, we also depend on technology to do the things that we cannot. Um, how do you see in this case that we can moderate and also control the, you know, the, at, at, at a certain level of goodness, we don't go over it to a, to a certain extreme that the machines can replace humanity. You remember you asked me, Gary, the question again. Can you rephrase the first part of your question? Because my right there. So can you rephrase your question again? Well, I, I just wanted to ask. Like, we can't avoid technology. Did you? Yeah, yeah. 
And how do you see the role of technology in, in speaking of uh, we can moderate it so that it doesn't go to you know, extreme? Well, the thing about it is to answer your question, reflect on this idea of a brick wall. Okay. Re, 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 to answer your question, I'm here, but I think there's a lag, lagging. Right, 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 right. You can't hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay now. Cool. Saying that, uh, I'm just saying that uh, if I can avoid it, yeah, I, I think I can avoid technology, and that's uh, that's what I'm, I I try to do every day. I try to take out take technology out of my life, completely. You know, and uh, it can't. You say it can't be avoided. I think you can avoid technology, and um, and you would you would. Uh, I would like you to take on this uh, reflection that I have about a brick wall. Mm. Uh, in Germany, it's a lot cheaper to uh, build a wall using robots, and um, I'd like you to reflect on this idea that I have. Um, a wall that's built by a machine, right, is never as beautiful as one that's built by man. Mm. Why is it? Because there's one brick that is not straight. And the essence of that wall is the beauty that comes out of the fact that it was not made by a machine who aspired to do it perfectly. And, mm. and that's what makes us human, you know. Um, and in everything that we do, that is the degree of imperfection and, and humanity in it. And, and, and I think robots remove humanity from our lives. And I think if you reflect on these two walls that I talk about, it is very easy for you to see the one that you would enjoy uh, or accustomed to, is the wall that vibrates and resonates with you, mm. instead of the one that has been uh, perfectly built by machines. So that's AI for you because AI doesn't contemplate and, and, and AI doesn't transact, you know, mm. where the guy who lays the brick, he takes a cigarette brick and then he, start, he takes a pee and he comes back to the wall and it's already dried up and the color changes. See, machines don't do that. Machines don't contemplate, reflect, and, and, and that's why I don't because I want to be more humane, you know, and Yes, I will, I will use my calculator to calculate the fees that my client owe me. Mm. I, will, I will want uh, to send Excel file. But I don't want transaction to machine or technology, Gary, if you can. You can, you, can, you can avoid uh, delegating thinking to technology. In other words, the thinking must be done by us. Mm. So, so you are saying the machines, they don't allow space for mistakes and mistakes are actually the most natural thing for humanity or even you can talk about contingency because machines, they don't allow contingency because they allow for you know, a certain fixed uh, protocols or even arrangement. Um, I thought we could maybe close up this session maybe in another 10 or 15 minutes. So if you have any thoughts, feel free to share or you can type it in the chat box. Um, yeah, but, but, but William, I would like to ask you because since you are now living in London and then London is much more on, you know, celebration or high tech or talking about, uh, you know, advanced technology and then it talks about you know they wanted to be the you know the, the best in the technology even though it's you know compared to Europe of course they are slightly below but compared between UK and Malaysia then you can definitely see the contrast but um, how do you how do you see I mean I are, are you going out in Malaysia and then 
and then study in UK and then how do you see this difference or shift in in, in speaking of a pedagogy or education system? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Malaysia um, and did A-levels there and then came here for undergrad. Um, so my, uh, yeah, so architecture education is, is completely in UK. Um, so I only started noticing these things um, when I'm here. Um, but then whenever I go back for summer break, there's there's also a different kind of learning. Uh, whenever I'm back at home, I start to notice um, just a lot of things that I didn't notice uh, before before architecture um, taken over my life. Um, uh, I think I, I I think it's maybe the difference in London and KL, I guess, is uh, the in terms of let's say construction, um, it's it's very neat and clean here, uh, even though they don't agree. Uh, like the the um, some of my well my 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 boss and and my uh, my other tutors that that I've came into contact with, they they would point to. Um, the uh, Swiss architects and construction industry for like real precision, and and um, they would say that you know in 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 UK they they need to design with some sense of some more tolerance to allow for construction workers to um, not because they're not as accurate as, as the Swiss. Um, but then if you go to KL, it's even more. I think it's even more um, uh, lively. Mm. Um, untidy but in a in a in a nice way i think mm. um, well of course i, I don't have uh, much construction experience in malaysia but just purely from from observation on how we deal with how we solve problem in a very pragmatic or i don't know it's a very odd but pragmatic way so like like it's just simple things like um when you tap out when you, when you tap out like like um Eyes and then and then you you can ikat tengah or ikat tengah, <laughs> right and then you you hook you hang it on stuff and like sometimes I notice this kind of stuff in construction sites as well like where the, the workers just hang it on a very simple hook mm, that they just mm. bend some metal and then you know you can hook that um and and whereas over here the everything is like placed right, know, right, right, and right. organized and stuff like that um there's just not as much life I think. <laughs> it's or, too or neat, it's a different it? kind of life, la, put it that way. Um, too clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I enjoy noticing these kind of differences, la. But I think what what I was talking about the the, the kind of perfect wall is is yeah, it's it's an interesting point because uh, as as architects or even um, craft craftsmen, we 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 work towards an ideal. Um, uh, we, that's why the plan the plan is as the ideal. And then, mm. and then you 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 embark on the project to build, um, but in that process of 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 um, trying to achieve beauty or trying to achieve the ideal, there will be mistakes, and and that's a, a very human thing. And and at at some point, that those mistakes they take on um, their own um, presence and and become quite something can become something that that's quite beautiful as well. Mm. Um, and uh, I was told by uh, another tutor. On um, this this uh, guy Hans van der Land, he's a he's a, an architect, but also a um, he's quite a monastic one. He's he's a Benedictine monk, right, um, right. and and he's apparently he uh, he told his 
construction workers to to um, build after lunch when they've had a bit of um, when, when Easiness. they yeah 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 because uh, apparently when when they build the walls um, in the morning like when they are very focused the the walls are too perfect um, but he, he wanted it to be you know a little bit off so after lunch they had a bit of some, they had some drinks and then you know the the brickwork is not as precise and and he kind of wanted that uh, it's quite interesting but yeah that's it. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> I think, I, I think, I think, Hot, I'm not sure if you wanted to elaborate anything because I think you did mention a huge part, uh, the difference between artificial intelligence and crafts. I, I believe that's where your inspiration might be draws from uh, Soetsu talking about everyday things and this kind of uh, uncelebrated, uh, I want maybe it's technology or approach that express a very strong sense of uh, humanity value, humanitarian value. I'm not so sure if I can I can say any more, but I think what we what William said about the organizing and cooperating with the workers to create a culture of building an excellent humane wall, it's it's the culture that you you wired you wire up with your workers to say that that is the intent. So this is where cooperation comes in, you know, uh, to generate a sense of humanity in what we do and manifest things which are human. And um, um, and I think with the Japanese thing, it's, it's slightly different because I think the culture there is that basically a lot of the beautiful things are actually uh, things that are so-called the low form of life kind of thing. Mm. Like, you know, it's the, it's the part where you don't have to go to university to design, you don't have to go to the Bauhaus School of Architecture, you know, to design a nice bus. It just comes out of the natural intelligence, you know, because, you know, how do you hold a cup? You know, and it's broken a little bit. You kind of fix it back. You know, um, and and the color and the the patina that comes out of like you mm, know it got mm. a bit wet, and then you know it got a bit dirty, and then the stain from the previous cooking. So all of that stuff, I think, is kind of like um, human intelligence. You know, you kind of like. I mean, and I think some of the most beautiful things that artifacts that we find in our lives are actually things that are made humbly and with a lot of um, so-called. Uh, uh, I, I want to use a very, I don't want to use too big a word like divine uh, intelligence. You know, it's, it's something that comes out of the soul rather than university or robots or AI or a machine language or some parametric uh, computers. You know, it's, it's actually human intelligence, you know, someone's hands, you know, and it's, uh, I think beauty is something that needs to be spoken about is that some of the most beautiful things are like trees when you leave them alone, you know. Um, no one has seen a, a, an ugly tree. No one has. I mean, there are a few trees that are quite ugly, but generally, <laughs> when you look when you look at a cloud, right? <laughs> when you look at a cloud, you couldn't point out to the cloud and say, "Oh, that's ugly," you know, because it's it's what forces the nature to be how it is. And I think as long as we remain human, we will continue to produce and manifest a beautiful culture. You know, it's when you put AI into it and you try to kind of organize the uh, the chef to come up and also interfere with my. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to steer the boat so that we don't hit a rock. And then the chef is saying, "Let me have a go at it." And then I say, "You know, I'm not a, such a good chef. You know, can mm. we cooperate? Can we please collaborate? And can you just stay down there? I'm hungry. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> so a lot of that is comes through uh, communication and conversation and discourse and dialogue. And uh, which is why the theory that Gordon Pass talks about is very important. I, I know I'm taking you away from uh, your Japanese culture, but you know, uh, cooperation comes out of uh, uh, discourse and uh, the only way you can cooperate is actually instead of sending emails everywhere, right? You can actually sit down together and uh, and talk, you know, and and converse. Uh, 
and 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 um, and then maybe even uh, attain certain skills that your partner uh, can lend you. And um, and 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 um, the Japanese is very good with that, I think. And so so are the Thais and many many other cultures, mm-hmm. you know. So so I I do want to stress the point that I don't I don't I don't deny that Malaysia is a multicultural country. But within the culture, there's no cooperation to preserve it. And mm. my, my, my take on culture is that uh, without cooperation, don't count yourself as a culture because if uh, members of that culture uh, do not uh, have conversations, they, count and, they can't count themselves in as, uh, as culture. You know, I'm not a cultured person if I don't open my mouth and I don't mm-hmm. stand up and, uh, and, and help to conserve uh, uh, some of the artisans, the trade, you know, the dying brick layers that are not being paid enough and all that you know i have to stand up and do something and then i say i'm a cultured country and i i, I deserve the culture you know mm. it requires cooperation you just can't build more and more museums you know because there's less and less things to show actually mm. yeah thanks a lot Juan. i think that concludes a, a very good point that uh it reminds me of recently i was reading rainy descartes talking about meditation and you know talking about body and mind this kind of connect connection but in the end i thought that human beings are you know uh, uh, rainy descartes was saying what is human being or human being is a rational animal and then he continued question what is actually rational and what is animal you know but in the end he come up with a very famous quote he says i think therefore i am and that's what you know uh, machines can't do they they think because they are being coded or they written in a certain form but they can't think. And then this kind of uh, tangible thinking process is only available in, in fact, I would say human, you know, because that's what makes so much different between why, why cats cannot, you know, using an iPhone, <laughs> but, but, but human can come up with iPhones and all, all sorts of things. That's where I think um, also what I learned from Wired for Culture is a very interesting point saying that human being, um, they are so smart, but at the same time, <laughs> it's quite dumb in a way that we come up all sorts of... Uh, challenge and also uh, detrimental uh, effects to the planet. But yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, Hot and William. So any, fi- any final thoughts before we open up to, you know, Q&A for, you know, our participants? Uh, I'm just going to elaborate a little bit on the link that I post on the yep. chat. Um, so it's, it's a Facebook page where uh, an artificial intelligence bot uh, will like write these uh, posts. And um, what I think the the it's it's playing on this previous Facebook page called Humans of New York, where mm. a photographer goes around and takes photos of people in, in New York, and then they come up with their uh, life stories and and you know that that being posted on, on Facebook, and the the AI is then fed these information and and then and then it's uh, you can see it grow if, if you look at the really old post, it's it's quite bad, but then um, now at some point it. You, you read the, the paragraphs and, and it, it feels like a human is writing it. Uh, but then at some points, you can see that it's clearly repeating itself or uh, there's some issues with, with the, 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 the paragraph and the phrasings. But it's, at the same time, I find it quite funny because you, you, you expect a, a machine to, to do it perfectly, but, but it's, it's worse, than, worse than a kid's writing and sometimes <laughs> quite comical. Um, and so yeah, it's, 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 it's a very odd, it's a very odd kind of... Uh, uh, page I, I find and it throws it throws you off in terms of this uh, what what is artificial and what's human and, and mm. what's perfect and what's imperfect 
So you are saying even machines can make mistakes as well. They are programmed to make mistakes also. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to imitate the humans to make mistakes. <laughs> okay, so Juan, any, any final thoughts? No? No, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure about- not really, no, Not really, Gary, we should open up to the floor. I mean, there are a lot of people with ideas and I've said a few very nasty things about our culture. Our, our education, about my country, about my office. <laughs> but I'm I don't think it's nasty. La. It's just another yeah. way of looking at things. Yeah, la. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think, uh, I think I like uh, William's story, you know, uh, about the, the monk. That's brilliant. <laughs> Thanks everyone for staying out with us. So yeah, anyone would like to throw some ideas or anything you wish to share? Um, I think it can goes on for a very long time, definitely. But today's, I, I, I think it's a first step to, you know, to open up this kind of conversation. And, and I'm really happy to see so many, um, you know, I, I don't know you guys actually, but, but it's so glad that you guys joining this conversation. We can get May or Jared to say a few things or Terrence. Mm. Are, they, are they from JLG? <laughs> Oops. I don't know what May is up to these days. She went to a workshop in Thailand, which is, I think, very nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all handmade. And, uh, what was his name? Uh, David Schaefer. Oh, David Schaefer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Make studio, is it? Okay, make architecture. Okay. That's right. Hi, yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi, May. How are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, first of all, thanks what, for sharing the link. As always, um, have very resourceful and very helpful with sharing all this uh, wonderful information. <laughs> and uh, kudos to you, Gary. Love the whole discourse. Really, really enlightened by it. Thank you so much for having this. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for joining, we, though. We need a lot more of this. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. And yeah, feel free to join us next time. Then maybe I can invite you to next time to, to talk yeah, about sure. things, your, your, your personal journey to workshops and crops. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, yeah. yeah sure. mm. Anyone would like to share things or any final thoughts or reflection you <laughs> would like to share? Yes. Hi. Hi. Snow hi Snow, here. Yeah. Hi. Okay, so I made some notes. I was listening to this properly. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go back to what Pat was saying just now, which I think is, is a conversation that, you know, uh, or the kind of thinking, it's a process that I think we need to all, or, or something that we need to all go home and think about the, I, not just cooperation and collaboration, I think it's also art and science. Right. Uh, right. Now we're talking about AI, right? And then we talk about AI as if we didn't write the code. And uh, the thing is, if, humans uh, wrote this whole like, you know, three types of artificial intelligence and yet we reject it. It means that we are rejecting ourselves. I mean, right. I feel, right. okay? So, I mean, I quickly read up on AI and all of that. And I realized it all goes back to cooperation and collaboration. You know, the thing is, it, there was some form of collaboration before we came up with this AI thing, right? We, we yep. had to feed information into this machine and this machine is going to come up with algorithm. The thing is, I thought the general idea was the machine is going to take over some of the, you know, um, work, you know, just so that we cut our time short. I don't think we need to be afraid of AI, I feel. Mm. I mean, I'm also kind of rejecting it a bit in my own kind of work because very brick and mortar, very old school. 
But I think we also romant I feel that we could potentially be romanticizing the idea of creativity, art, uh, mistakes. We romanticize it a bit too much, I mm. think. I and to a point where we reject the the sort of calculations that was made based on ourselves. Mm. You know, like it was something. Right. What what it was based on? It was based on nature. The whole point of AI was to take off our our load. Mm. You know, mm. and mm. Uh, yeah, I think maybe potentially be Hollywood or we're like so scared of these kind of killer machines, which apparently is a whole positive and negative sort of thinking. Mm. You know, no, I reject or yes, I accept. So there are groups of people doing it. So in architecture, I feel okay. Now I can bring it back to architecture. Now we, I put together the Zhongshan building together with my ex partner right. on our projects in Kampung Atau. Right. The building, which we much later discover, because we are art people and we're very blur, right? Like, oh, right, it uses lime. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know the walls, mm-hmm. and we got one of the best, best contractor to come in to resolve this problem because the walls keep coming off. Mm. Now he is a very skillful, artful contractor. He has a lot of patience. In his, I mean, like I took many pictures. They all look like art. Great, but I'm like, but nobody look at it as a fact. It's a it's a factual problem. Right. And fact is equivalent to you know from engineering, science, and all these. These are facts. You need to know is lime. What do you do? What is the mixture for your for your you know. Lime or whichever it is that you need to mix, and therefore it's not adhering to the wall because it's lime. You, mm. Whatever, however artful way you you try to patch this wall, uh, creative ideas. There's no creativity. There is factual kind of you know. The, in order to solve that problem, mm. we need to, to know what the, the the facts were. So in order to be creative, we cannot be creative without having any form of structure. Mm. You know, it must come from somewhere. I think it is interchangeable. So I did kind of put together a proposal last time about this whole idea of coexistence, uh, and therefore Susanna mentioned balance. Mm. Balance can only exist through that kind of In balance. The under, yeah, no, yes, it's duality, but mm. where where we are right now is that understanding, right? Mm. I think in architecture also that is is a constant kind of conversation that's being had about. You know, they they are technical architects. I mean, from how I see, it, you guys are artists also. Mm. But you also need to employ a lot of kind of structural understanding. You know, because the door doesn't open the right way, and then it's very like you know makes people mental and and all that. It's a, it's a bit of art and science in it. Everything has art and science in it. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't science would not have solved any problem without a bit of kind of artistic thinking, and that mm. means human. Mm. You know, factual stuff. Oh, you will like gravity is very factual. There's nothing you can do to stop gravity, you know. Mm. But the thing is, the idea of thinking, hmm, what can I do to defy that? You know, to to change that. I mean, or to kind of you know, uh, so that it doesn't you know succumb to gravity. That is creativity. Mm-hmm. You need to kind of you know. So I think it is a balance. Uh, we can for a culture to sort of really work. I think it. We need to kind of come to terms with that. Mm. Uh, that 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 moderation or that that balance between the the two art and science very difficult because uh, what we have have in most governments are very is either or is either very sort of you know factual you know liberal or right, you know, right. whichever. So it's very monoculture, isn't it? It's very mono. I think, and we think it's not, but it is. You know. Um. Hang on. Uh, I just also 
was going to bring up the idea of culture. The etymology of the word culture um, is a, it says, uh, is a particular society at a particular time and place. So when we talk about society, the art people, at least here, from what I can see, are like the fallouts, you know, are the ones that's like, oh, you're yeah, very indie. The way mm. you think is uh, not, uh, it's very non-societal, you know, the sort of the way we think or the way we solve problems. And, you know, I've always thought that, hmm, all these political problems that we have in Malaysia, I thought, but there are so many solutions. Right. You know, um, I, I mean, I mean, it may not be the best or it's not the most popular, but there are solutions. So I think, you know, th there's always that imbalance. And we, we're not looking at, we always look at culture as very romantically. No, mm. we must also understand that culture is cultivated and uh, through TV, through government, through upbringing, you know, it's all kind of um, very structured kind of society. And mm. that's culture, I mean, mm. at least too. And uh, yeah, what makes us then different, a bit more dynamic is then uh, the otherness, then we assume like, you know, arts, everything else then that makes us a bit kind of special, I guess. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting side of the story because I've been, I, I think the whole conversation before that, we have been talking about how to make a human human is to add in the value of human, you know, it's like, what is beauty? Then we add, add in more beauty. But apart from that, I think Snow also mentioned what makes a human human is actually to uh, scrutinize and also is examine the technology because that's what makes a human a human as well because technology at the same side to you know allow us to you know draw back away from the things that we believe it might be threatening our life livelihood in the thing um that's a very interesting point and also that's that's perhaps can be leads to the idea of beauty because we seems to be afraid of ugliness you know but ugliness is also a, a part of the beauty in a way it's like music right silence also part of the music kind of thing and i thought and I thought this kind of dualism we should celebrate in both sides, not just focusing on one side. And we, can, we, we, we actually don't have to see this in the form of art or craft or architecture, but simply looking at the ecosystem or, you know, in forests, there's no one plant growing, you know, in, the, in one field. There must be more than one species in this, you know, uh, balanced ecosystem, which I think is very interesting. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Snow. No problem. Thank you. Thanks. Um, maybe we can open up for one, la one last comment. <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone would like to say anything. No? <laughs> you know, may I, may I get in? Yes, please, Daniel, yeah. I don't want to be the last one, but um, with, with what Snow just said about artificial intelligence and the fact that you know it comes from us and at the end it comes from nature, I think there's some truth in it. Um, and I was thinking of Noble coming up with dynamite and Albert Einstein helping to build a nuclear bomb. Mm. There was a lot of good thinking behind it and, and trying to help humanity. The problem is when we create tools and someone uh, thinks that the tools that have been created um, can help to manipulate or to gain power. And my feeling with artificial intelligence and thinking of the logarithms being used in social media is that, um, you know, something that might be very helpful. And we were talking before about robots and machines to ease our workload. Um, I think they might be 
used nowadays for not so good purposes. And, and I think that's what we have to watch out for. So um, the, the process of creation and improving our lives through machines and artificial intelligence is great and helpful. But um, history, I think, shows that there's always someone taking advantage of, of that good mm. thought of someone and then use it to manipulate us and, and to gain power. And I truly think this is what's happening nowadays. So just that thought. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite funny because as I was thinking up this, right, it's like we are trying to create something to improve our lifestyle. But at the same time, we also need to create another solution to tame down the technology and then we come up with a new technology and then this new technology will keep on you know overlapping um i don't know this is quite quite a fun one but but i think throughout this overlapping process we are all growing and also you know we are learning from each process um i think that's maybe part of the you know um, nature of human right we we wanted to get Absolutely. happiness and this happiness is quite interesting that it's so subjective but we are all growing together. Um, yeah. So I guess that's it for today. Anyone? No? <laughs> but, but yeah, thanks a lot everyone for joining. Okay, so this is the end of the session. And of course, following up, we will have different kind of uh, discussion and feel free to you know check out um, our Spotify. You can listen back all the others uh, podcasts. Yeah, thank you everyone. Thanks. Thanks a Thanks lot. For yeah. Bye. Yeah. I, I want to thank as well. Uh, what said that um, intelligence is created through talk and discussion and absolutely agree. And times of MCO and being stuck at home, I really <laughs> appreciate you know giving us a chance to to sit down here and, and talk to you guys. So yeah. thanks for the invitation. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Nice to see you yeah. guys here. Uh, Thanks virtually. for joining Daniel and Snow. And thank you, Daniel. Yeah. And Snow and everyone else for joining thanks thanks a lot uh hope you guys have a good rest and uh see you guys next time then <laughs> bye see you bye. See you guys see you,